you know, that is the point of the program, getting volunteers in that can perform the mundane tasks so that nurses, nurse practitioners, physicians, physicians assistants, those with greater levels of training can be more focused on patient care in this critical time. There are already thousands of people trained. The first people were dispatched earlier this week. Almost anybody can be qualified to do this. You have no necessary prerequisites in terms of healthcare training. You can go online. If you can pass the training, you will become a certified nurse aide. I'm really pleased to be joined by Jeff Wald, the CEO of Work Market, a a labor marketplace that was acquired by ADP a few years ago. Jeff was Jeff's a co-founder uh, of the business and has been running it now um, after they were acquired. And they also provide a bunch of tools for freelancers and contractors and are basically kind of championing uh, this new on-demand labor gig economy type of world. And uh, great to have you here this morning, Jeff. It is great to be here. Thank you for having me. Let's jump right into it. The the thing that um, is very timely and, and is very exciting about what work market has been able to turn around in, in really just a matter of weeks here. Um, and what we cover a lot on the show is how platforms are able to solve these supply and demand issues, uh, but particularly bring that value to, to, uh, to bear during this crisis and this pandemic. And volunteer surge is something that work market recently just came out with in partnership with the Yale School of Public Health. Could you tell us a little bit more about it and and how it came to be? So a dear friend of mine, uh, Jonathan Dariani, uh, had a online training program for nurses, and he had worked with other countries in other past uh, outbreaks, you know, MERS outbreak, SARS outbreak. And he had helped train up an army of volunteer nurse aides using his training. And so he called up and he said, hey, I, I need to do the same thing here in America, um, but it's going to be at a much bigger scale. And, you know, you know, labor, you know, software. I need a piece of software that can help organize everybody once we've trained them. Then I need a piece of software that can help manage them through the process, check them in, check them out, deliverables and all kinds of things. And then, you know, hopefully we'll be able to pay them. And so I need a piece of software that can pay them. What kind of things do you know? Can you help me out? What advice can you give? And I was like, Jonathan, Work Market can do all of that. And we are here. We will stand with you. We will do whatever we can to help. And that was about three and a half weeks ago that he and I had that conversation. I ran it up the flagpole at ADP because now we have the good fortune of being a part of the ADP family. And the leadership at ADP didn't bat an eye. They're like, absolutely, 100%. Do whatever you can to help. And so our teams got to work, working with a company called Absorb, which runs an LMS. So Absorb hosted it. Amazon provided all the computing clusters for free. And we have partnered with the Yale School of Public Health, which formerly runs the training, um, Salesforce and LinkedIn, and a bunch of other companies are helping to promote the Rotary Club, the Flight Attendance Association are helping to promote to drive people to the top of the funnel. Then they go through the absorbed training, which is about 40 hours of online training. Many state governors, I believe almost all at this point, have waived the clinical requirements to get the certified nurse aid certificate. And once you go through that training, you're sent via API into work market where we build a robust profile of you, ask a lot of questions around, well, are you willing to go to a nursing home? Do you have a car? Do you have other healthcare training? And we are using that to dispatch people efficiently to different state institutions and institutions uh, that are in need. 
it's amazing the speed at which you're able to do this. Um, and, and basically from, you know, from what I've been reading up on it, right. And these are nurse aides. So, um, every, every hour of time that you can free up from the nurse is now another hour of time that, that, that nurse has that they can do their duties or possibly help out with, with the doctors. Um, and so you're just freeing up a lot of cycle time in that, in that kind of labor, uh, value chain, right. And that's kind of the premise of, of what, what this is helping to solve. You're 100% correct. I mean, look, speed from our standpoint in terms of getting it built, I have to give full credit to three gentlemen, John Murcott, John Burgess, Clifton Alexander, who worked day and night with the other organizations to build all these APIs, to set up the system and the UI and the UX. And quite frankly, to the entire work market engineering team, which over the years had built the kind of infrastructure that made this possible. If they hadn't built those API endpoints over years, with all the security resident and necessary for those, we never would have been able to do this. But to the point of speed and being able to surge a group of volunteers onto the front lines, you know, that is the point of the program. You articulated it beautifully, this idea of getting volunteers in that can perform the mundane tasks so that nurses, nurse practitioners, physicians, physicians assistants, those with greater levels of training can be more focused on patient care in this critical time. It's amazing. And I, and, and I guess, so how has it been going? You know, we formally launched about a week ago. There are already thousands of people trained. The first people were dispatched earlier this week. You know, we had to launch, get people into that funnel, and then it was going to take at least a week for people to get fully trained. You know, it does take 40 hours to do that training. And so the first people were dispatched uh, in New Orleans and in New York uh, mm. this Monday. It's unbelievable. It's really such a powerful uh, initiative and, and just a great example of um, that entrepreneurial spirit in this country platform is being able to rise to the challenge. And I think, you know, the the people in this country wanting to figure out how to help uh, get involved and and. Um, you know, not shy away from the challenge that's in front of all of us. People were looking a way to get into this fight, you know, our teams included. And this was a way that we could help those that are doing the heavy lifting. There's obviously some people that maybe already have the training, but if, I mean, are there any prerequisites needed or besides doing this uh, 30, 40 hours of training, which, which Yale's helping to, to run here, you know, for, with anyone that maybe um, has some free time on their hands or, you know, unfortunately might be out of work? Is this something that uh, would apply to just about anyone or, or who could be, if, they, if people want to help, what should they know if, if they're qualified for this? It's a great question. Uh, almost anybody can be qualified to do this. You have no necessary prerequisites in terms of healthcare training, uh, degrees or things like that. You can go online if you can pass the training and if you are watching the modules and doing the work, you will be able to pass the training and then you will become a certified nurse aide. Now, look, we hope these become paid positions. We are working with GoFundMe with a bunch of different foundations to make these paid positions, paid EFRA gigs, I should say. But the certified nurse aide training does start you down a career path uh, in healthcare. And you can certainly use it and leverage it post-crisis to become a nurse, a nurse assistant, a physician's assistant, or other areas within the healthcare field. It's volunteersurge.com. And, um, you know, it's a, it's, 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 uh, it's a great testament to 
all these different groups coming together in a time of need to to put something like this together. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about about your story, about work market story? You kind of touched on it a little bit, but you know this idea that ADP and work market came together uh, somewhat recently, and um, you know how did that come about? What is, how do, how do those things uh, kind of correlate with one another? Sure. Well, you know, like we've been super fortunate with work market. We raised almost 70 million in venture from Union Square Ventures, SoftBank, and a host of other great partners. And as we were thinking about our next step in uh, January of 2018, we decided the best place to have that next step was within ADP. So ADP is the world's largest HCM company. You know, everyone thinks about them as just a payroll company, and they certainly are the world's largest payroll company but they're also the largest human capital management software provider. And so as we thought about our vision of the world at work market, this notion of on-demand labor becoming an incredibly integral part of labor resource planning at corporations, we thought, all right, well, it's going to happen in conjunction with all the workforce planning that happens. So we need a W-2 partnership because companies are going to be managing their W-2s and their on-demand labor side by side. And so we happen to have been introduced to the team at ADP, and they had a very similar vision of saying, look, we own the W-2 space. No one does W-2s better than ADP, but the world is increasingly thinking about their on-demand labor resources. We need a piece to slot in. And so as we were looking for a partner to latch onto, they were looking for someone to bolt on. I mean, we have to be conscious of the size I mean, ADP is a $15 billion revenue public company, $100 billion market cap. It is a monster. Uh, and we are, you know, just a little piece on and helping to them to create this vision of total talent management, the idea that you will manage all of your labor assets together. It's such a powerful part of the economy. And, um, you know, I think we've kind of seen that that this this gig economy, a lot of people put that label on it. But... When you look at all of these, you know, you have a platform to serve a lot of the workers that work in other platforms, right? Um, all these kind of freelancers and contractors that honestly of recent have come under fire um, in the sense that the, you know, you have things like AB5 going on in California, which I have ridiculed at infinitum at this point um, as being just, you know, uh, really not solving the biggest problems of the gig economy, contract labor workforce on these platforms. But at the same time, now there's questions about um, what kind of, you know, for example, um, the provisions in the CARES Act and how that can help support the the gig economy workforce. But it really is such a powerful part of the economy. Um, you know, what kind of, what kind of uh, thoughts do you have on, on the state of that workforce in, in today's times and, and, and say words of advice that, um, you know, uh, what they're experiencing at this point. Well, Alex, that, that is a broad question. We, we may need to dedicate the rest of our time just to that. Um, well, let's start with this, you know, work market is a piece of on-demand is a piece of enterprise software. We help companies manage their on-demand labor workforces. There are about a million workers on the work market platform that are, interacting with companies around the world. You know, when I started the company, there was this general notion in the world that 50% of the labor force would become on demand by 2020. That was the overarching statement in, in labor circles. You know, people wrote papers about it. I certainly took it and put it into my investor decks. 
and that did not come to pass. And I was very confident it wouldn't come to pass, quite frankly. So, but the on-demand labor force has been an important part of the enterprise labor story for generations. Companies didn't wake up when Uber and Lyft and all these other companies came to be and say, oh my gosh, we can do that with our labor forces. They had been doing it for decades. And so the notion that on-demand labor is some new part of the labor framework, not true. So let's start with that. On-demand has been a part of the labor force for a very long time. Now, does the on-demand labor classification create some issues? The answer to that question is definitively yes. We think about those workers, they are not covered under FLSA. They are not covered under a lot of different labor regulations. And that creates gaps. It creates gaps for companies because they don't know what exactly the rules are. And it creates gaps for workers because they're being left out of the social safety net, the government social safety net, which is very tied to the W-2. So now we can kind of move to today's environment. And you mentioned AB5. A lot of other states are debating and discussing similar bills, all obviously on the back burner right now. But there has certainly been a movement from a regulatory standpoint to kind of tighten things up as to what's the definition of an employee where most people are defined as employees. And we don't have a position at ADP or work market as to whether or not that's good or bad. We do like very clear sets of rules. That's certainly true. So now let's move to actual present day and the CARES Act. And there was a fundamental shift in the labor framework that was put into the CARES Act. Whether it becomes permanent, we'll see. But freelancers were able to file for unemployment insurance. That's mind-blowing. We have been talking about that for some time. I've been talking to friends in Congress about it for some time. As the CARES Act was being put together, I was encouraging friends in Congress to say, look, you know, you think that you can just bolster unemployment and that's going to solve things. And it is a very important thing. And I'm very glad that they did it. But if you leave out the on-demand workers, you are leaving out up to 30% of the labor force. And they do not have income. You have to help them as well. And so they have been included into this. Now, I do have somewhat of an issue with that. Let's just take a step back. It is called unemployment insurance. People pay into it in order to get payments out of it. And so if the freelance population is going to be included in unemployment going forward, which they should, they will need to pay into that unemployment in some way. And so this gets into a lot of very complicated issues. I don't pretend that there are easy answers to it, but the freelance population certainly needs some access to the social safety net, but much like the W-2 workforce, they should pay for access to the social safety net. Wow. I mean, I gave you a all over the place question and you did, you answered it beautifully. Um, So thank you for that, Jeff. I mean, really insightful. It's just very interesting to see all the reverberations of this kind of pool of laborers, which are in a, a whole slew of different industries, um, you know, from trucking, which we see as a hugely essential need to now we're obviously seeing it with your volunteer surge initiative here into healthcare. But um, there, I mean, I don't think many people understand just the the scope and the range of this contract freelancer. And as you're saying, this newer thing called the gig economy, but, but this 
labor force kind of wage code classification has been around, as you're saying, for for decades. Yeah. Um, and it's just now becoming, you know, more and more of, I guess, a hot topic because of these uh, big tech companies and and um, and and all these different issues that are that are in the mainstream. You are 100 percent right. You know, people like we all use Uber. Well, not right now. Right now, I don't leave my home. But prior to this and God willing, post this, I will use Uber. We all use it. It's on our phones. It's on the front pages. And I think it has created this notion that all this is very new. Here's what's never happened. You know, no CEO walked into her, you know, executive staff meeting on Monday morning saying, Hey, I took this thing Uber over the weekend. We should do that with our workforce. In the thousands of companies that use work market, there are literally zero that have come to us and said, Hey, we wanted to start moving away from W2 labor and start using more on-demand labor. Therefore, we need your software. That has never happened. Where we get brought in is companies that have used on-demand labor for, again, decades in some cases. They come and they say, hey, we don't know who's where, who signed what legal agreement, who's working on what, who's good at what. We need a piece of software that can help us be efficient in this process and help us be compliant in this process. And that's where we get brought in. And so the idea that companies are shifting their labor forces there's just no data that I've seen and there's no anecdotes that I've seen to support that. And if anything, I would say that in crises now where people, I mean, we're seeing the unemployment numbers just skyrocket these days yeah. there's another, you know, we'll get the, uh, the next reading tomorrow morning. Um, you know, it, it presents, it does present an alternative to get some incremental income um, for a variety of these different uh, on-demand type of jobs that, that hopefully, um, if people do need or or you know uh, can't make ends meet, that there might be some ways that that these new um, or, or marketplace type of uh, labor markets could help bridge some of that gap in in this time of need. But um, you know, great to see that work market is really helping to power a lot of that uh, and make a lot, all of that a reality. So I won't hold you here forever, but I did want to highlight that. Um, you're coming out with a book, right? We're fans of authors on the show. Uh, the End of Jobs, when's it coming out? Tell us a little bit about it. Uh, so the book comes out in uh, June of this year. Uh, very tough time to go and do a book tour, but uh, we're doing the best we can. Uh, the book is a look at the history of work. We have gone through three step functions of technological change, mechanization, electrification, and computerization. And each time a huge amount of power in the relationship between companies and workers has shifted to companies. And each time workers have had to either use unions or regulation or the social safety net to get some balance of power back to that relationship. It's important to study the past and to look at the data as to where the world of work is now, because we stand on the precipice of the fourth technological step function with robots and AI. And it becomes very important to think through what has happened in the past, and what the data tells us now, as companies, as workers, and together, as society, we plan for this next change. And so that's the front part of the book. The back part of the book is actually my favorite part because I didn't have to write it. Uh, I got uh, 20 of what I believe to be the best thinkers in the world of work to write short essays on their vision for the world in 2040. And they are competing for the Future of Work Prize, which is a $10 million prize that I am personally putting up. 
to which one of them is the most correct when the clock strikes January 1st, 2040. And so it includes, you know, the former head of the largest labor union in the country, the head of the largest staffing firm in the country, CHROs of massive companies, former government officials, you know, industry leaders, legal leaders. And so it is super, super fun to get uh, to work with all of them, to get their contributions and to include them in the book. Sounds amazing. It'll, it'll be at the top of my reading list. Uh, Jeff Wald, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Keep up the great work. Stay safe, my friend. And, uh, and we'll definitely want to stay updated on, on all things work market and volunteer search. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me. Hi, this is Alex from Winner Take All. Thanks for joining us. Hope you enjoyed the content. Feel free to leave a comment, ask us questions, and definitely make sure to join us on our next live stream.